just found like the true meaning of freedom in sobriety mm. and like I'm always real with people I don't have it all the time and you know sometimes I'll go to events and I'm not my normal free confident self like it's not accessible to me every single time like it was mm -hmm. with alcohol but it's real Hi friend, welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden, the sober mentor, spiritual life coach, speaker, author, and intuitive guide. Around here, we value self-leadership and taking a radical responsibility to create alignment in all areas of your life. This podcast was created to inspire and empower you while giving you tools to release toxic relationships and habits and create total transformation. Through the shades of sobriety, I guide you to come back to your natural state of being, creating inner peace, deep satisfaction, success, and ultimate freedom for total alignment. Use this time to get into the energy of big love, soak up the wisdom and magic, and let your curiosity lead you, taking what resonates and leaving the rest. Now, let's get into today's show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Cup of Chels podcast. I am so excited for today's guest, Ashley V. Ashley and I were both in the same coaching certification program just at different times. And I realized today before we hopped on the call that we've spoken in voice notes on social media and even on the phone a couple of times, but haven't ever actually did a face-to-face -face over the Zoom. So I'm so excited for today's call. Ashley V is the alchemized spirit. Um, she is a spiritual life coach from Cape Town, South Africa, but living in San Francisco. And she helps women to overcome self-doubt, self-sabotage, and imposter syndrome to break through to their next level of success and be happy and manifest all of their dreamiest desires. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Honored. Absolutely yeah. honored. Oh, yeah. thank you. It's an honor to have you. I'm so stoked. I mm. remember seeing, I believe when Ashley Gordon was posting for your round of QCA and seeing your face and like the welcome and just like more videos as you were going through the program, like I need to know this girl. I need to know her. I need her in my life. And here we are, you know, a year or so later, just like connected and it's mm -hmm. all divine. But I just like, I felt an instant connection with you at that point. And I think our conversation is going to, you know, really paint a picture of why and mm -hmm. all of that. So I yeah. would love for you to just share with the listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you came to how you moved from South Africa, came here, just Gosh. a little behind the scenes of everything and um, how you got into the work that you're doing now. Amazing. Oh gosh, where to even begin with all of that? First of all, I also, you hopped in one of the guest trainings or something in QCA and I remember you stuck out. Didn't you do like a guest coaching spot? I did the, I think it was the Reiki 2 certification. I know I yes. came in for that. Yes. Or the Reiki yeah. certification. Yeah. 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 You stuck in my mind too, girl. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was meant to be. First of all, the geographic story is that I've lived between South Africa and America for a long time. 
my immigration, I've had terrible immigration luck in this country. Mm. I mean, it's hard enough as it is. So I've always kind of been here as a tourist up to, you know, just less than six months. And I've gone back and forth. I was an actress for 12 years. So I was going to LA a lot of the time and trying to meet people there, go on auditions and book a job. Um, But I could never quite figure it out. And yeah, so I have the longest I spent in LA was a year. I love LA. And then I have my partner. He's South African. But when we remit, very long story, but we remit at our 10 year reunion. So I'd never date someone who I went to high school with. And then I (laughs) ended up dating. And he was like head of the student council, the same version, whatever. So we (laughs) remit at our 10 year reunion. And at the time he was living in New York. And I was in South Africa and I was like, well, this is great because I've been wanting to get to America anyway. And cut a long story short, we finally moved together to San Francisco last year, April, kind of. It's a long story. I'm not going to go into all of it, but here I am. Here you are. The US. Yes. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So how and did then, you get into coaching and you yes. know, going from even being an actress and everything? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've always been into personal development. My mom is amazing in that regard. And she's, she's spiritual and she is a teacher and she actually teaches like personal development a lot into her school system and her, the kids that she teaches. So I grew up with that type of thinking. She paid for me to see my first coach when I was 20 years old. And this woman, she was more of a transformation facilitator than a coach, but she changed my life. All her work was embedded in A Course in Miracles. So mm. it was like my first spiritual awakening. And I I will never forget, like that was the happiest, most aligned I'd ever been for like eight months after that. I was like, nothing could touch me. Nice. Everything. People could come up and be like, fuck you. And I'd be like, are you okay? I just <laughs> knew it was not about me. And, you know, like instant forgiveness. And then it was kind of a wild ride after that. Acting was very challenging. It's a very difficult career. It's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of working really hard and then being unemployed for a really long time. And I did a lot of work on myself to deal with that. There was, you know, drinking is a big part of my story. I sabotaged a lot, binge drinking, partying. There was a lot of instability and messiness in my life. and you know, not having a nine to five to go to, not having things to wake up for. Like, yeah, it was a lot, it was really challenging. So I did a lot of work in order to kind of deal with all those struggles. And in the pandemic, I didn't work for a year and I had been thinking of being a coach for a while and I hadn't worked as an actress for a year. And I was kind of spent all my savings and I just, I figured, let me just give this acting thing one last go. I had the long dark night at the soul. I, thought, I felt like I'd failed at everything in my life. Mm. I was like turning 30 and like someone offered me a corporate job and they wanted to see my CV. And like, all I had on there was like actress and waitress, which is fine. But, you know, for me, I was like, I thought I would have maybe done a little bit more than that by now. And I gave acting one more shot by investing in a success breakthrough program for actors 
And I call this woman, her name's Wendy Braun. She's like Tony Robbins for actors. It was amazing. And within six weeks, I went from no work, no money to the busiest I'd ever been in my career. I booked four different acting jobs. I had random payments come through. And halfway through the program, she asked us a question. She put us into this beautiful meditative state. And then she was like, if you had a million dollars and you couldn't fail, what would you be doing in a year's time? And so I just started writing, you know, she gets you to conscious writing. And I just stream of writing, stream of consciousness writing. And I got to the end and I looked down on my page and I put my pen down and I realized that acting was nowhere on this page. Mm. And I was like, shit. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should add something. So I added like something about Netflix or like a Netflix TV series or whatever. (laughs) But the truth is this whole page was about helping people, empowering women, traveling the world. Like it was all about helping people, NGOs, all that kind of stuff. And so I actually didn't finish the program. I was like, that's it. I'm getting my coaching certification. I'm not talking about this a second longer. Ash, within a week, I hopped on a call with Ash and QCA was starting. I mean, that was crazy. Like by the time I got on a call with Ash, they were starting the next day. Mm. So it moved so fast. Within two months, I co-founded an NGO, which also just landed in my lap, that opportunity. And the acting went really quiet after that. But I was fine because I was like, so in my purpose and I don't know, I might go back to the acting, but right now I'm just, I love so much what I do and I'm so grateful. And I feel like the acting, I always say I gave up my dream to live my dream because the acting, yes, it's like, was my passion and all of that stuff. But I had to go through that experience of like repeated rejection, doubting myself, Everything that I got over in acting prepared me for who I am now as a coach and being able to help overcome similar things. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing how things unfold. Oh, so beautiful. And I think that's such a testament to, you know, what I like to share with people. Like we're never failing. We're never really failing. Mm. You're not going to fuck up. You're not going to make a mistake as long as you take the lesson and the learning from everything. And you were able to do that from this part of your life, not to mention taking action towards what you knew, like feeling so called to sign up with the acting coach and then, and then to put your pen down, realize like, holy shit, there's an acting nowhere on here and committing right then and there that you were going to put it to the side for a while. I think that's so brave. So, so Mm -hmm. brave. And now you're living a life that feels fulfilling for you, you know, and also the part about what you said is, you know, you may act in the future, but right now you're content and you're happy. I love that so much. Oh, so powerful. I want to talk about something fun that I know you did recently, which was the three months in the Zen monastery. Can you tell us more about that? Like what made you want to do that? How scary was that? What did you get out of it? Hmm. Yeah. So, so awesome crazy that I actually even did that. It was always something on my bucket list. I wanted to spend some time in a, in a monastery or a ashram or a temple, like some kind of, you know, live in a spiritual community space for whatever, a period of time. And 
again, going back to immigration, I'm going to give you a very short version of what happened to me last year, but I basically came into the US and I had visa issues and I had to shut down my coaching business. So Mm. I'd been up and running for almost a year and really getting such great momentum. And then it was like now illegal apparently in the US to Mm. run this business. So I had to shut everything down, finished up the contracts that I had with my clients. Luckily, most of them paid in full so I could finish them. I couldn't take any more payments. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But I know now everything happens for me and not to me. And I knew I just had to surrender. And people were always like, oh, there are ways around it. I was like, no, I'm going to trust that if I do the right thing, the universe will provide for me. And so I surrendered. And fun fact, it's like within a week, I got two random acting payments from like jobs I'd done years Mm -hmm. before, I think. Yeah. So that was amazing. I was like, cool. The universe will provide, even though when you think you're shutting things down. And then within that week as well, I went to the beach here in San Francisco and I drove past the road to the beach. It's super windy and I was very classic. So I was looking out the window and the sign flew past and it said Green Dragon Temple closed for retreat. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this place? Dragons (laughs) and temples and retreats? Like this is I'm here for it. (laughs) What is this place? And so I Googled it and it was a Zen monastery and they had this two month practice period coming up that you could apply for. You had to pay to apply and you had to be accepted and you had to have previous experience, formal sitting meditation experience. And mine is like, when I'm behaving myself, I meditate for like 10 to 15 minutes a day, three to four times a week or four or five times a week, you know? So that's my experience. I've never had any formal sitting experience. And I was kind of honest about that in my application. You know, I told them, yeah, you have to write a whole application later. But I told them, you know, I stopped drinking four years ago and spirituality is really important to me, blah, blah, blah. I got accepted. And which is crazy because like I had no prior experience and I was really scared to go. I was like, this is hectic. Like, this is very intense. You have to sit for two and a half hours a day. So basically an hour and a half in the morning and an hour at night, kind of. So it was scary. Like I'd never, and I'm very energetic. I'm sure you can even hear in my voice. I like have a lot of energy and my worst nightmare is like sitting still, being no one, going nowhere, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I had to lean into this. Fear. I was like, this is the next thing. This is your greatest fear. Like some people want to go run marathons. I'm like, no, you make me sit still. That's my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So I went and it was literally life-changing. The most incredible experience. It was difficult, but it was, it just opened something in me. It actually opened the door to a lot of healing that I'm now going through. It was like the something deeper. Like when you sit still, the amount of stuff that comes up from your past that's like revealed to you. I cried a lot. There was a lot of grief that I didn't even know about. And I'm someone who actively works on themselves. There's just shit, unconscious stuff that we have no idea. And when you slow down like that, it finally has a chance to reveal itself. 
So there was a lot of grief. There was a lot of joy. It was like spiritual summer camp. Half the people were like age 25 to 45. We had so much fun. I worked on an organic farm. So everyone had a work crew. And I was like, universe, it's up to you. Put me where you think I need to be. And I was like, if I land up in housekeeping, then there's lessons for me to learn there. But the, <laughs> my whole thing at the time was also like, it gets to be easy. And mm -hmm. the universe put me on the organic farming crew. And I was like, yes, that's exactly where I want to be, actually. <laughs> so I was like, clearly the universe wants this to be easy for me. <laughs> yes. And so I learned how to farm. It was amazing. It was the most joyful experience. It really, really was. And I learned so much. Oh, that is so beautiful and inspiring. Mm -hmm. And just your overall commitment, like that's the resounding thing that that's coming through for me about you is how committed you are to your inner work and to understanding yourself on such a deep level. And I think that by you having that commitment is how you're able to help other women do the same thing too. So I want to back up a little bit. I know you said four years sober. I'm sure it's a little longer at this point now. Kind of paint us a picture of your sobriety and what becoming sober has opened up for you. Mm, my God, I actually just got chills, like oh. everything, everything. <laughs> yeah, I always feel called to tell people like I didn't hit rock bottom, you know, yeah. I was didn't drink every day. I was a weekend warrior, mostly maybe some one or two glasses of wine in the week but big binge drinker. And like yeah. once I got started, it was hard to stop. And every weekend I was also a blackout drinker, mm -hmm. but I kind of justified it because no one could tell I was in a blackout. So I didn't seem like I was sloppy falling around. My friends would always be surprised that I had had a blackout, which just shows mm -hmm. like how much my body would just like check the fuck out. So I mean, every weekend I would think this time is going to be different. Like if I just try harder, if I just manage harder, which is like such a theme in my life, if I just do more or try harder or manage harder, mm -hmm. I can get this thing under wraps. And eventually I did have an event where like I was, I went to Vegas for a friend's birthday and he was, they were lovely people and a very ugly side of me came out and I kind of ruined the birthday. So that was a, the catalyst, but it kind of came at a time where I was like, I really want to stop. And then that happened. And then I was like, this is it. That can't happen again. So that was how it was. And I mean, since then, like I was always seeking freedom. That was like my biggest thing. Like I was this free spirit. I also used that to justify my drinking and my partying yes. so much. Like, yes. I'm the free spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to express myself. And um <laughs> I relate to to like everything you're saying so much. Yes. So that's why I'm laughing because it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've just found like the true meaning of freedom in mm -hmm. sobriety. And like, I'm always real with people. I don't have it all the time. And, you know, sometimes I'll go to events and I'm not my normal, free, confident self. Like it's not accessible to me every single time like it was mm -hmm. with alcohol, but it's real. I get yeah. to deal with the real me that day. Maybe I'm not supposed to be outgoing and all the things that I thought drinking brought me, you know, yeah. maybe these aren't the people I'm supposed to be connecting with. And I trust that. And then I go home early or 
you know, it's like really just, and that's freedom, right? Like that's yeah. freedom and honesty is the biggest things that has brought me in my life. Like I know what I'm actually dealing with rather yeah. than living in a delusional world. Actually, that's not entirely real. Yeah. Oh mm. my gosh. So powerful. So powerful. And like I mentioned, I just resonate with a lot of your story too. I didn't necessarily hit a rock bottom. And for me, it was, mm, but there will be a rock bottom if you don't get your mm. shit together, Charles, you know, and I kept hearing those whispers of it's time, it's time, it's time, you know, mm. and I had, I had tried to quit before several times. I think, I think before now it was six months was my longest, then went to a wedding and felt the fear of missing out because everyone was, it was a gorgeous wedding in New Orleans and lots of bougie drinks and champagne. And, you know, that's, that's the fun stuff that I kind of miss, but yeah. And, and I had a great night that night, but that was always my thing too. Is like, Oh, but if I can have a good night this night, then I can do that again. No, never knew what you were going to get. Mm. Um, and, and too, yeah, like it opened up so much after that, you know, the catalyst of things that unfold when we choose intentional freedom or what we feel like freedom is supposed to look like in this mm. free to express ourselves when we're have that social lubrication of alcohol too. So it's interesting. It's really interesting, but I love that you're, you are so vocal about your sobriety too, because I think it's important. And I think it's really powerful for, especially well, all women and anybody in general, but I think back to, you know, the younger versions of me who, if I would have had somebody that I admired and looked up to that didn't drink, I think it would have been a lot different for the choices that I made too, you know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That reflection is also so much of what keeps me going. Like when someone comes up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you're young and you still have fun. Like I used to get off on the identity or two thoughts are coming to me now. I'll finish the original one, which is like being an expander for other people is mm -hmm. what keeps me in it. When I start to like feel the FOMO, feel like maybe it wasn't that bad. And maybe <laughs> I'm like, then literally the universe within 24 hours will send me someone who's like, oh my gosh, you don't drink. That's so helpful to me and did it. And I'm like, oh yes. Okay. This is like, not just for me, this is for other people. Yeah. So that keeps me in it. And I used to have a big free spirit party goal identity around drinking. And I was the tequila queen. And mm. I was like, I wore all the, I could keep up with the boys and drink, like be the last girl standing. And I wore these things with such a badge of honor. And that was a mm -hmm. very, very hard thing for me to let go of in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be this goal again I'm never yeah. gonna be able to impress people with like taking four shots of tequila in a row and then still be standing and like which is just crazy like no but so real stupid enough to do that yeah like, <laughs> like that's not that impressive you just have to like swallow the tequila and like you were gonna throw it up in two hours anyway and then carry on drinking like that's not like there's nothing actually impressive about any of that but anyway so that identity was was hard for me in the beginning. And now I go to weddings and everyone knows that I don't drink. And at first they're like, what? And they're so curious and what? And when I'm the first fucking person on the dance floor dancing, 
many people come up to me, they're like, this is what you like, sober? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. And now now it's kind of like, maybe it's not good because I'm a little bit attached to it. But now I do enjoy the identity of being the sober girl that's having the most fun as everyone else, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. Oh, that makes so much sense too. And I and I love the piece about the identity and what we hold on to. I was having a conversation in my DMs a couple weeks back and and I always like to ask people what their relationship is with alcohol because it's so normalized and I know the vast majority of people still drink and their response was yeah, how they had this high tolerance and I could feel that badge of honor with that and even though they were expressing having these problems, you know, in their marriage or wanting to work through some things or not knowing where, you know, they were supposed to go with their career and feeling floppy, but wanting to hold on to the alcohol. It's like, what if that's the one thing that will crack it all open for you? You know, what if that's the one piece that you may be missing towards manifesting the dreams of your life? Yeah. Because, yeah. It's the ultimate sabotage. You know, it's not the only thing, which is what people realize when they stop drinking. But I can't do anything that I've done in the last four years if I hadn't stopped that first. And it is really hard, like when clients come and I can see they have a unhealthy relationship with drinking. It's like until we get that under wraps, like we can't actually look at the other stuff truly. Yeah. Because, yeah, this thing is just owning you. And that's Absolutely. how you get your autonomy back. And yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I want to wrap up here in a minute, but a couple of things. They call you the dick destroyer. And I just want to speak to that a little bit because I think it's so freaking hilarious. So if you could just speak to that a little bit and maybe how that ties into manifesting, because I know you've clearly stated the things that you've manifested here with us too, but you know, even how the two are related to each other. Mm, Yeah. What is a dick dick destroyer? (laughs) (laughs) My partner hates this. He's like, please, guys, do not (laughs) respond well to this. But like, women love it. They're like, so the dick is the deepest inner critic. So it's that voice inside of us. Most people call it the inner critic. For me, it's the deepest inner critic. So it's the dick. Actually, I learned it from Ash. In, yes. in QCA. So I do like to just give credit there. But yeah, Dick Destroyer was my thing. And I mean, it's the self-doubt. It's the it's responsible for the self-sabotage. And in relation to manifesting, it's your, I always say it's like the key to your next expansion. So being able mm. to really just like listen to what this thing is saying it's got all the wisdom in there. Like it's got all the blocks, it's got all the barriers. And when you have a healthy relationship with it, you can really not let it run the show. It can be something that's in the background. I always say it's never going to go away. It's built into our neurology, but really being able to like befriend it, learn what you need to learn from it, alchemize it, befriend it, these are all extremely, extremely key factors in in becoming a master manifester because if it's too loud, that's what's going to manifest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a guide. Beautiful. A beautiful. I love that. That just, it just reminds me of, you know, which I believe is similar, but like the fear is never going to go away, right? But if we learn to let that fear be our teacher, right? Then we mm. can 
only expand the love that we have for everything, which amplifies our gratitude, which then attracts more things to love into our life. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm really enjoying at the moment this idea, like fear is a guide, self-doubt is a guide, like all these things. Yes. It just guides along the way to our next expansion. That's all they are. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Ashley, it's been a freaking pleasure and such a blast. Yay. I'm so glad that you've been on. And for anybody that wants to connect with you, or if you have anything that people can jump in right now, any containers how can they reach out to you? How can they work with you? Please share with us. Yeah. So first place to find me is on Instagram at the alchemized spirit. And I've got a lot going on. I have a group coaching program that's running, but I think by the time the podcast episode is out, it would have started, but hit me up. Just go to my link in bio. All the good stuff is there. Send me a DM. If you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I might have a spot or two open. Um, yeah, I'm always doing masterclasses. I'm obsessed with masterclasses, my favorite <laughs> thing to do. So yeah, just hang around. There will be stuff happening. Awesome. Thank you so much, beautiful. And I will link everything in the show notes, you guys. So thanks again for chiming in to another episode. And until next time, adios. All right, my friend, we totally did it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with me and listen in on today's show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review so you don't miss out on any of the magic and any of the goodness that I am bringing your way. If you know that this episode is going to be a great listen for somebody, then don't keep me a secret and be sure to share. Also, I love to celebrate with you in real time. So tag me at the Chelsea Holden on Instagram and Facebook and let me know you're listening in. Until next time, I'm sending you so much big, big love. Adios.